0: Hey guys, this is Mark Owings and I'm your host for the Unbridled Lie podcast, where we have real, raw, and unreligious conversation to encourage and challenge men and women in their daily lives. Well, welcome to the Unbridled Live podcast. It's always raw, real, unreligious, and just authentic. And I love our next guest. As a matter of fact, Leslie and I Have the opportunity of working with Sarah Butler, and she's been with the ministry several years. Been around the ministry for years and years and years, but she's got such a unique story uh, from religion uh, to the enemy attacking her, attacking her identity, doing all kinds of things. But she's got an incredible story on freedom, and I love this right here in Sarah's story. Is we say it all the time at Fully Live, Elevate Him, or on the on the Live podcast that. Freedom is not a destination, it's a journey. Very and true. you have been on an incredible journey, and we want to welcome you to the Unbridled Live podcast.
1: Awesome. Ooh, <laughs> thanks for being here, Sarah.
2: I'm so excited for listeners to hear your story. Well, it's really you. incredible.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's been a long time coming, right? Yeah, no <laughs> doubt.
0: It's, it's been a story in the making. So uh, tell us about your family.
1: Well, um, my mom's from the north, my dad's from the south, you know, old school You've um, got the Civil War going yeah, on. Yeah, a little bit. My mom's from Idaho, though, so we always say that we weren't even involved in that because we were still fighting Indians and Cowboys. It's <laughs> true. So, um, anyhow, they met uh, when they were in their 30s and 40s, or she was late 20s, he was in her 40s. And. Uh, in a bar, uh, they, he was raised Southern Baptist. She was raised Roman Catholic. So there was a whole lot of religion <laughs> oh. on both sides that both of them had rejected a hundred percent. They're
0: sitting in the bar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get it. Sometimes
0: yeah. that's a safer place than church.
1: That's where I they were. say that, yeah. And uh, she was a road construction worker, and he was a pipeliner. So construction all the way around. You know, mouths um, like sailors. Drink like crazy, smoke like crazy, all the things you can imagine. And uh, my mom was actually known as too tall because she was known as beating up the biggest guy in the bar when my dad met her. So So.
0: there's a lot of pain already sitting here listening to that just with your mom. Yeah. You know, she seems like she didn't get to embrace who Mm -mm. she was and the femininity she had, but grew up in a rough environment.
1: Very much. Uh, They both had alcoholic fathers. Oh, um, wow. uh, And... Their moms weren't alcoholics, but I mean, they were doing the best that they knew how to do because they didn't come from a very loving household either. So there was not a lot of hugs and love and encouragement and words there. So when they met and married,
0: they met in a bar, they
1: met in a bar and they decided to start going to church if they were getting married because they didn't want to be hypocrites and show up (laughs) on their wedding day. (laughs) that's what you do. I love so the reason. So that's your introduction.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As good as reason as any. Yeah, we'll not not because
1: they wanted anything else, but we didn't want to look like hypocrites. <laughs> so uh, they started going to different churches because they come from different backgrounds and started at Lutheran and Methodist and worked their way up. And uh, along the way, I was born and my baby sister was born about five years later. We were both miraculous births because they weren't supposed to be able to have kids. How many total
0: kids are in your family? Uh,
1: two uh, biological, me and my babe sister, and my mom's biological. But my dad has four biological daughters, and we had adopted one when she was in her thirties. So we have five of us girls.
0: So blended, adopted, mm-hmm. and we were coming from some rough backgrounds and not right. much knowledge about the Bible, much less the relationship with Jesus.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah. So you, you're being thrown into this. Mm-hmm. You told a little bit of the story. Being third grade, take us there. Mm-hmm. You.
1: So. Uh, somewhere between marriage and me being in third grade, uh, we had landed in Fallon and they had started doing leadership, uh, Bible studies at our house. And because of the times people brought their kids, it wasn't like now where everybody got babysitters. So it was my job as a third grader to watch everybody's children. And that could be toddlers all the way up to early teens. And it was my job to keep them in line. Keep them quiet. Your
0: third grade watching teenagers.
1: Yes, because mm. that's going to work out great. So I had to mom everybody. And how many did you have at one time? Oh, I think the smallest I ever had was 10 at one time. Mm. And the
0: largest being how many?
1: Oh, I think the largest was twenty-three. Wow, that's a lot of responsibility for you. Yeah, and we were in a mobile home, so it wasn't like we were in a big house. Wow. So I had to keep them in my bedroom that I shared with my baby sister, and we had to keep all the toys and everything in.
0: Twenty-three kids in one room. <laughs> oh, See how right. you keep that quiet? Tries. It was chaos. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: much chaos. That's an unreasonable
0: <laughs> expectation being set up right now. A
1: hundred percent. Yes, it was crazy, um, and it was it was fun in that I got to be around other kids and. I don't always get to do that when we were growing up because we traveled a lot for the pipeline, um, unless I was at church or at school. Um, But the negative was was I was a kid having to have adult responsibilities with adult repercussions if I did not manage them.
0: Wow. So talk to us about that. What were the repercussions for mom and dad?
1: Um, The corporal punishment was very real in our household. Uh, Grounding, um, things being taken away or you didn't take care, pick this up in time. So we're throwing it away, you know, um, no replacement of things. If they were broken by the kids, well, you shouldn't let them play with it. It's on you. So it's out.
0: So high performance,
1: yes, very high high
0: expectations, high religion, obviously. Uh, So did you ever feel loved?
1: Um, I, I thought it was love, but it was more of a performance love. So if I did really well and they were like, Oh, that's good. But next time, and so there was always something else to attain. So if I brought home all A's, um, well, why don't why don't you do extra credit so you had A pluses? Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, the first time I had like a just C. just kept setting the bar. Yes, kept setting the bar. Um, so I knew that they loved me um, because they provided for me and they loved. They would tell us that they loved us. So I knew that it just didn't look like anybody else around me, mm. but. They would always tell us because we were Christian and that we were following the word that we were set apart and we weren't supposed to look like everybody else. And it wasn't, we were going to raise our household the way that everybody else did their household. So I just thought that that's what it meant to live a biblical life. Wow.
0: What is crazy to me is in this high expectation, high performance, but there is so far, I haven't heard anything about relationship. I've heard about achieve, do, achieve, do, achieve. That's all law.
1: Yeah and serve and serve serve others.
0: Yep. Serve others, give out, but there's no deposits being made into you deposits Mm -hmm. being made in you. So your third grade, you're interpreting this and you start growing up. When does, when, and how does this start manifesting in you?
1: Um, Well, as I start getting into middle school and things, um, I start seeing all these other people that are telling me about their families and randomly I'm getting to around other people that aren't christian or in our church or school and so i'm seeing things that they're able to do that i'm not and so i start lying or uh telling false truths or twisting the truth mm-hmm. uh just to get a little bit of freedom so i'm not so controlled and that could be anywhere from uh, telling my parents that we were late coming over because we had to wait on her parents to come drop me off um when in all actuality i never told her parents what time to Bring me home, right? You're um, enjoying it. Yeah. I want to go home. Yeah. But on the other end, uh, I was terrified to get in trouble, like, terrified. The one time I snuck out of my house, this is how bad it is. I rode my bicycle to my best friend's house, like two blocks away, to watch a movie, a peachy movie, and I'm a teenager, <laughs> okay? And I make it 30 minutes because the anxiety of how bad I'm going to be in trouble overwhelms me. And I've my bicycle back, sneak back in and I'm having a heart attack in my own bed thinking they already know. Oh, no. <laughs> you know. So
0: everything about you was built to at that time. And I think from the Lord, it just gets twisted is to please. Yep. You are a good girl. Yeah. Uh, I'm learning more and more about you. And we've been working together, just listening before the podcast, just as we walk through this, you said there's a shift that starts coming in. You, when's the first time you get kissed by a boy?
1: I was 15. Yeah. And I kissed him once and I freaked out. Like I was excited, <laughs> but then I felt, I heard everything that I'd been told that like I was a slut and I'm dirty and mm. this is not what you're supposed to do. Cause you're not allowed to date till you're 16. And if you, if we find out the repercussions of that, like we would be grounded immensely. And it's just all, all the parading of things that I had heard growing up about any kind of relationship like that. Cause they said that anything like that was for marriage. And it was beautiful, but until then it was gross, disgusting, and it's not allowed. Wow. And I was like, okay, um, but that's not what my friends are doing. Yeah. You know? So
0: this thing's about to amp up on mm-hmm. you, though. You go from first kiss, not having a safe place, to just come home and, mm-hmm. and talk whether it's a broken rule or not. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm sitting here as I've listened to this just grieving for you. Mm-hmm. There's never a place to just make a mistake and hear, it's okay. Let's talk uh, yeah. about it. Come here and get my lap and let's talk about it yeah, no. from mom or dad. No. So this thing starts amping up with the boys and this thing amps up and goes crazy and the yeah. enemies attack on you. Start telling us about that. You have an encounter with a boy in high school.
1: Yeah. Um, I had been somewhat intimate sexually with a boy. Um, I was still a virgin and all those things. It was my first encounter of any of that. And he went and told his football team, which boys do. He's in a town 30 minutes away. I'm out on the West Texas border and he's cousins with people I go to school with. And so guess what? They start coming to me at school saying, Hey, I heard you did such and such with my cousin. And because I'm mortified and I'm terrified of what's going to happen, the rejection that's going to happen. I lie and say, he's lying. That never happened. Because your parents
0: are pretty prominent in the church. Yes. They're I actually on a protection detail for the pastor.
1: Mm-hmm. Mom was a youth pastor. I was the helper. I was assistant youth pastor there. Um, everybody in town knew us. So you're like, more lies, more cover-ups. Yep, more lies, more cover-ups, because... You can't let everybody know what you just did. Yeah, and if, if I did, like, what would be the extent of the consequences? Mm. Like, Would I be kicked out? Would I be mm. abandoned? Like, mm. all the things. Wow,
0: I hate that. So... This this boy you start dating, you told a story, and I want you to tell that story of him and another guy are friends, and this thing, the enemy starts making plans. When I heard it, I just was like, man.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, he uh, like, we had started dating, and that relationship where he shared with the football team ended really shortly because he ended up cheating on me, and I was like, not doing it. You're done. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, and I didn't date anybody else in our town because it's like small pen, small men, small mind, small uh, future. Not yep. going to do it. I'm not going to get knocked up and pregnant like my sisters did because that's what my parents kept telling me. Cause I have two older half sisters that got, got pregnant, got pregnant in high school. And that was told to over us over and over again. Don't end up like that. Don't mm. end up like that. And so when I was uh, in 18 in high school, um, my best friend was in college. And so we went to a college, a dorm and hung out with some of her buddies and we were taking shots of whiskey and I'm not You're a gonna drinker. try this on. Yeah. yeah. I was like, let's go bigger, <laughs> go home. Right. And, uh, I had to be home in an hour and a half, but I thought, man, oh, I gosh. can sober up. It'll be fine. <laughs> Dumb. Um, and I don't know how many shots I did, but I had to go inside and use the bathroom. Well, one of the guys, uh, in there, I was so intoxicated that he ended up raping me and mm. I had no recollection of it. Um, and I blocked it out until last year, honestly, I didn't even know it had happened. Um, I just knew that my girlfriends were looking for me and they're like, you've been gone for like 20 minutes. What happened? And I didn't know. I had no idea. I just knew that I felt horrible. And I thought it was because I was sinning, cause I was drinking alcohol and I was sneaking around with my girlfriends at a place I shouldn't have been. And that's all I heard was you shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have been doing that. You knew better. Uh, this is your own fault that you're not feeling this way. This is all on you. This is what sin feels like. Wow. That's horrible. It's
0: incredible to me. Number one, 18, trying to just get in here and find life a little bit and find some freedom and, and leads us to alcohol, which ends up not leading us into a place, but you have a moment and there's some people out here right now. It's like, how does she not know that she's raped clinically? we will suppress mm-hmm. something that we do not have the emotional or mental capacity to reconcile mm-hmm. it's clinical across the board we see this at fully alive fully connected all the time that things get suppressed we we've, we've even experienced this in our marriage just later on as we're praying something mm-hmm. pops back up and we hear and remember yeah. something so how does this surface how does this surface and come back out
1: So uh, when I graduate and go to college, I go to a Christian college in another state, and I finally have freedom. I don't have my parents telling me everything. I'm not under their thumb, uh, because even as a senior, I had a curfew, and it was very structured, right? So um, they had taken my cell phone away and said that if I wanted a cell phone in college, then I was going to have to get a job and get one. And I was like, cool. I don't need a cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) So every my world was at campus. Like I was playing, I got a scholarship for volleyball and basketball, so I was playing sports and I was I going didn't to school. Know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for playing full time, and so I didn't have time for a job. And my friends were at the dorms, and so why you had did everything I need? you needed? Yeah, um, and then I guess because they hadn't heard from me in three and a half months, because you either called the payphone in the hall of the dorm and hope somebody answered it, and I was there, <laughs> uh, or they didn't talk to me. So they sent me a care package with a phone with a note in it saying, we would like to hear from you. Here is your cell phone. Please call us weekly. Backfired on them. They had to get
0: it. So uh, does this take a turn for a worse at college? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, To my knowledge, I lose my virginity because I thought I was still a virgin. I was 19.
0: Because you can't remember the rape yet. I
1: don't remember the rape.
0: That Uh, was last year. Okay, mm -hmm. so keep going.
1: So I started dating this guy that was at another college, uh, not a Christian college, But he gave me affection, and uh, he complimented me, and he encouraged me. Things you didn't get grown up. Yeah, and told me how beautiful I was, regardless of what I was wearing or what I did, that um, if I said a cuss word, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that, you know? (laughs) Um, if like I would sneak over to his house cause he was in a one room rental of an old lady's house. And so I had to sneak down into their little basement abode with him and his roommate and hang out and I'd watch movies and drive back to my thing. It was like, I was an adult finally, even though I've been treated as an adult, as I was a little bitty child. Um, I finally got to have the freedom of it is what it felt like. But having that, I had been so sheltered and so naive to the world that I got myself in positions that I, if I had been given a little more freedom and education younger, I probably wouldn't have got into those positions. You
0: just didn't even know where it's like a third grader trapped in a 20 year old body. who yeah. does not know the difference.
1: Yeah. I was just, cause as a kid you trust everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But as a, a teenager, I was like, Oh, all these are my friends. They're going to take oh. care of me. That's no. not the case. That's not the case. So I got into positions where, um, I thought I was pregnant with him and mm-hmm. I had to come home. Uh, I got kicked out of school for going to a party uh another party away from there because they signed we signed a contract at the christian school you know you're not supposed to do anything (laughs) gotcha right and uh uh, being a lightweight, I drank a Smirnoff and went to bed, and so I got <laughs> in trouble because I was at this party and was accused of all these other things. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure somebody... I was asleep when yeah. all that was going I was like, I was in a corner somewhere. You can ask everybody. But they sent me home. They suspended me for like two weeks, and I couldn't come back until. So I had to go home. Wow. Um, so
0: during this time, have you have you even heard the voice of the Lord yet?
1: No, I was running from God because if, if God was like what I was raised around, I didn't want nothing to do I with it. I don't blame you. I don't, like, because it was all it was so much work and it's exhausting like Mm. and it's never enough it's always something else to do
0: yeah it's just like she leslie said you got no words no encouragement Mm -hmm. full of expectations full of performance that's one that guy comes along and starts telling you and he's well-meaning probably hey you're beautiful you're smart laugh let you be without condemning you this freedom you start opening up and Mm -hmm. intimacy happens so you get kicked out of school you think you're pregnant Coverage blown at home.
1: Well, no, I come home and I have to. I tell my parents about being expelled for two weeks, right? Um, and told them why, and they were really, really mad because I, I thought they were going to kick me out mm-hmm. when I got back because I was already eighteen. They told us from a young age that when you turn eighteen, we're breaking your plate. You're not, you're not coming back. It's no longer, you know. Wow. So, yeah, so I'm coming back, and I was like, "This is what happened." I'll be real honest. Well, um, and I was not doing good with my grades. One of my classes, I was like failing. And I have never failed a class ever. I'd gotten one C plus in my life and I thought I was dying. Right. (laughs) Yeah. My parents, I
0: can't relate, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I uh, freaked out so bad that my parents gave me grace in that moment and didn't punish me for that because I was losing it in elementary school over it or middle school. So I came back home and I had to get a girlfriend to give me a pregnancy test before I left. Oh, wow. Uh, because I knew that my parents would see if I bought something mm-hmm. um, because they gave me an allowance while I was at college. And so I got a pregnancy test and took it when I got back and uh, threw it in the water canal that was by the house mm-hmm. out in El Paso uh, so they wouldn't find it because there's wow. always stuff in the canal. doesn't mean it's ours, right? Mm-hmm. And it came back negative, and I was relieved. Um, but that didn't stop me. I wanted the connection with the guy still and he was supportive he's like if if you're pregnant it's okay and i'm like no it's not (laughs) yeah yeah it did scare me but the 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 love air quotes love that i was getting from him was worth the chance and so he asked me to take pictures of myself that were you know not appropriate and the only thing optional back then uh was my mom's camera uh that we didn't have camera phones like we do now that yeah. have Thank great God. imaging. We'd all be in trouble. We'd be in jail. <laughs> yeah. So I thought I was tech savvy enough to send it to him through the internet on my comu- oh, on my gosh. parents' computer and everything. And I'm pretty sure she found out because oh. the next day I have not ever had so much screened and so many things said over me that I was like, she never admitted that she had seen the pictures. But the things that she had said over me, I was pretty sure she had found yeah. them. Yes. yeah so when I went back to college I had no intent to coming back home
0: so fast forward this you know the, how the enemy works he he plants lies
2: mm-hmm.
0: he goes after our identity that all I hear in your story is trauma 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 yeah. and him planting lies 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 trauma yeah. attacks our identity yeah. you know so all this starts coming you're you're growing up
1: yeah.
0: and you're about to meet your husband mm-hmm. and so tell us a little bit about that
1: yeah so um all this time, even from when my baby sister was born, she represented everything girly, right? Everything girly. And we're almost five years difference. So at that point, because I had to help with my mom because we were on the road, um, I got rid of all all things pink. Like, I hated pink. It was the worst thing ever. I wanted blue. I hung out with guys. Worked Rejected on trucks. Rejected all feminine. Yep, yep. yep. Went yep. for it. So uh, when I graduated high school, I started working oil and gas. That was my first job, was oil and gas. So you're
0: a girl... In the, the oil and gas.
1: Yep. working pipeline. And uh, not just in the office, because was like, oh, yeah, there's ladies in the office. No, no. Like, right no on the pipeline. I want to use my I, hands. Yeah. I was one of the welder's helpers at first, and I learned to buff and cut and grind and uh, all the pipe, wow. you name it. Uh, and then when my husband met me, I was just turned 20. We had started another job. I'd met his parents on the job. They were working on the construction uh, equipment side, so they were track hoe drivers. And I was the lead welder's helper, um, which at... Nineteen twenty, the men that were welders helpers did not handle that well, <laughs> because <laughs> this twenty something year old little girl is like their instruct or informant of, hey, do you need merch and supplies? Because let's get it together, guys, let's go. Um, but I was comfortable around men in that way because it was just very black and white. I knew what to do. Like we're just going to work it, and we had known that there was a few types of women, like they know them as mattress Marys, that are trying to sleep without the roadway. Wow. Wasn't me. Then there was ladies who were very confused in their identity and thought that they wanted to be with the same sex and dress like a man. Mm. Wasn't me. I knew that wasn't me. And then there was third type There was just us girls trying to make a paycheck, mm. get through things. And that was you. That was me. So I was hanging out, and my husband came in like a cocky little white boy. He was
0: redhead, cocky <laughs> yeah. white boy.
1: Yep. Like he he had this certain peppy walk that he had. dressed cowboy. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Right. I remember what are you that. About?
0: I haven't had a cock in my walk for a long time. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, just uh, boots and cinch jeans, and yeah. you know, look like he's going out to you know dancing. And it was seven a.m. Right? I definitely didn't look like that. Um, yeah. And their parents introduced us on the job, and I was not interested. I was like, I don't date guys I, I work with, like, and I don't date white boys. You guys oh. are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, because I've been in West Texas so long, I, I spoke a lot of Spanglish, mm-hmm. kind of dressed and talked like one. And so I was a challenge for him. He was like, what is, you're white. You know that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Not, not Mexicano. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So he called me Chicana a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, he had the guts enough to ask me on the right-of-way in front of the whole crew on a hot tie-in. And if you don't know what that is, it's where the pipe can explode by one spark, and it will take out everybody within at least a mile radius. That a boy, Sean. Yeah. Oh. And he honked his track ho horn and scared everybody because we think something's going on. And oh. it's just to ask me for my phone number in front oh. of about 250 people. <laughs> oh. So I was like, if he has the guts enough to do that, then I guess I'll give him my phone number, and we'll oh. try this just one time. You get one shot. Smooth. And that's all it took. So oh.
0: how would you explain... It? You still aren't in a relationship with the Lord. No. Sean's not in a relationship with the Lord. No. Nope. So you just lost people in a mm-hmm. world. Yep. Having fun, living life.
1: Yeah. Working so, hard.
0: Working hard. Yep. And traveling
1: the U.S. together, partying, uh, doing all the things that.
0: Are drugs coming into this?
1: No, we didn't ever do drugs together. Thank like drew I know. He got all that out of his system, so did I, before we ever met each other. And he picks on me because he's like, you're more worldly than I am. <laughs> I have more experience. I'm like, it's nothing to brag about, babe. Uh, but there was a lot of alcohol and uh, just sexualization of me that mm. I had never had. Um, and like the pressure to look a certain way. So performance was back there again, mm. and I didn't. Comes. You, you know, he's nothing like my dad. Oh, BS. He was just like my dad. Mm. <laughs> he was just in another package. They always say that you are, uh, you marry your unfinished business. And I didn't realize that I had done that because I was young and naive and didn't know. Right.
0: That's, wow.
1: Yeah. Cool. So I was trying to be the blonde and have the big chest and be skinny yep. and be tan and all the things of, you know, the two thousands. Right yeah. yeah. Um, to be desirable by him and, um, it's working. I, yeah, uh-huh. and I didn't ever let him truly in for the longest time because I, I knew love meant you had to have a wall, right? Mm. And you had to be very strict and stern. And so he was the fun guy that introduced me to do fun things, but I was the structured one out of the two of us. So I kept us, you know, responsible. Got, <laughs> like, got
0: bills paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Um, but it, it wasn't good because I felt like I was responsible for all of us, right? And the weight heavy was heavy. Yeah. yeah. The weight was real heavy. So it continued on through our marriage. We got married. Um, there had been um some affairs, situations, right. uh, emotional affairs. They weren't physical to my knowledge, right? Uh through gaming and stuff that he had done and I found out right before we got married. Uh so we went through the love dare, mm. uns oh. like not walking with yeah. God. We decided right. we're gonna do love dare because that's smart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so crazy yes it was just i was grasping i was oh. so grasping for, so you're looking yeah i just i didn't know what it was supposed to look like yeah and so i uh we got married and we ended up having a kid not intentionally mm. god was like you need a kid we weren't planning to have kids for another eight to ten years mm. um and then when i had my son i was like there has to be a change it can't be like this mm. forever no. i can't raise him the way that i was mm. Mm. And I didn't want to raise my son the way that my husband had to because he didn't come from a great, um, healthy family either. Structure. Yeah. They had super religion on one side of his family and then a bar scene essentially on the other. Right. So it was Two just extremes. Two extremes. So uh, we had more chaos in our house because of it because my husband had, I was codependent. I was raised to be a codependent. Mm-hmm. I was like the picture of it. Oh. And he was narcissistic. And I didn't know anything about that. I just thought that's how men were how marriage was. Mm. Uh, so the house was toxic because I was trying to protect Peyton and myself and walk around eggshells to make everybody happy. Mm. And it got to the point back in 2015 that uh, I had just started going back to church, mm. just started. And I went through so much that year between being sex trafficked by my husband to another person. Mm. Uh, Gosh, to Sarah. Yeah. yeah oh, just uh, hold the phones
0: and whoa. rewind that for a second. And before people start throwing s- Stones at my boy, Sean, Mm -hmm. he is not the same man. He was lost. Did not know what he was doing. Yeah. Um, but traffics and can, can you put a little more definition to traffic? Just pass
1: to, uh, well, there was a couple occasions. Um, some of the occasions I was intoxicated and not coherent. And he had a buddy that, uh, was real good friends, air quotes with him Mm -hmm. and, he said something and he's like, sure, why not? Because they yes. were all intoxicated too. And so he, they did whatever they wanted to me with oh. me being intoxicated and not knowing what was going on. And then there was another time that, um, you know, how people say that they freeze or they fawn. Mm. Uh, well, I froze and he just told his buddy, he's like, hey, let's swap wives and didn't even ask us wives, but he we froze. were already uh, having sex in front of each other. Oh. And so they just did it swapped right in front of us and never asked us. And I was just like, uh, I didn't know what to do.
0: It's so crazy. When we hear this, I know a lot of people are like, man, I don't understand. Cause this is a really good girl. I've worked with her. Leslie works with her. Um, all I can tell you is when the enemy deteriorates family, deteriorates value, deteriorates identity, yeah. or you have none. Sean has none. She has none. Nothing. The world offers just a few things. Mm-hmm. Let's get high. Let's get drunk. Let's sleep together. And let's repeat and mm-hmm. do it over and over and over. And that wall starts moving. And
2: and there's she, no healthy compass. No, Nobody leading no. you of what is supposed to be right for a family.
0: So y'all are going through that. You're married now. You've got a baby boy, Peyton, who's brilliant little dude. Um, When does this come to a head? When does this, where you guys go, okay, Mm -hmm. y'all, I think y'all move here to Fort Worth. When does Jesus show up on the scene?
1: So the end of 2015, all of this has happened. And I attempt suicide three times by the end of Right before my birthday, I which December. Oh. Yeah, because I just, I was tired of hurting. It wasn't that I was worried about everybody else. Like, I had made plans for everybody else to be taken care of. Mm. But I couldn't continue hurting this way, and it hurt too much, and there was no other option. Mm. Um, and in the midst of the last one, God just yelled at me, not like derogatory or condemning. He just like, no, I have so much more for you, and I will restore you, and I will restore your marriage. Mm.
0: Come on. and I have Maybe more for you. Yeah. So you hear God for the first time. Yeah. Basically shouting Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yes. Yes. At you, uh, sweetheart. I love you. I've had plans for you. I have a purpose for you. Yes. And y'all land at a church called New River. Yep. Yeah. And. So we work with a girl, Megan, you were telling the story. I was like, I'm just so blown away. <laughs> yeah. Tell us the story of this is the third attempt to suicide. Yep. You're finally inside of a church where there's life and some people who are pursuing you yes. for you, but you don't see the value in you yet.
1: No, I had no clue who I was or what I, that I could just be me. That was the biggest thing. They would love me just as I was, not that I could do something for them. So I'm in life groups and... Uh, After the suicide attempt, I called the church office and I walk in and it's Megan Lacefield and it's the first time I met her (laughs) and another lady and they got me some counseling, which was a no-go in my family. Mm. Uh, You know, you just suck it up and get it over with, right? You don't talk about that stuff. Um, And so I started counseling and I'm in these life groups that are encouraging me. And I see these couples and these different people who have gone through a freedom ministry called Fully Alive, which if you've listened to this podcast, you know a little bit about it. Come on. And it terrified me because I was like, I'm going to be stuck with a bunch of women and you want me to talk about my feelings? (laughs) Nope, not doing it because I'm not one of those. And I seen some lady who had got in our group and she was so much like me and came back so much free and happy and like joyful like she was yeah. truly happy and she didn't have to do anything mm. and i said no bs do you think i should go like because this this seems like mm. give me the skinning yeah And she goes no i think the best thing she goes it changed my life mm. and i was like what She goes, it changed my life wow. and so i agreed to go scared terrified uh met jesus in a whole new way mm. <laughs> relationally mm. uh he called me his beloved and i didn't know mm. what unconditional love was i was like what so does that awesome. mean mm. right which the enemy, of course, wants to up his Annie at that point, because I'm still married mm. to this man who is not saved either. And I come home and that that month was pure hell on earth uh, because he, he tried. And the day that my husband went to leave, he was packing up his stuff to leave me and get a divorce. Never happened all this time. Um, God intervened as I was begging him on my bathroom floor, which was my prayer room. God, please, I'm just weeping. Like, you have to do something I don't know what else to do. Mm. Like, I've... I, Holy Spirit had told me to say all these things out of him. So I'm weeping and screaming at my mm. husband who had just said horrible things over me. You are loving and you are kind and you are a good husband and you are an honorable man. You know, and he's just looking at me like I've lost my mind. And I'm thinking inside, that's not what I'm trying to say out loud. Right?
0: But the Holy Spirit's declaring Ooh, over promises him.
2: Promises that yes. he's going to change.
1: Yes. And that was only a month after I'd gone through fully alive. And I was like, what is going on? well, an opportunity arose for him to come that in two days he could go to fully life, mm. And he asked me about it. And I said, if you can go with an open mind, then go. If you can't, don't waste their time and yours. Mm-hmm. And it was a challenge. I didn't realize I'd given him. Mm. And he went and I had never heard my husband cry ever. Wow. And we'd been together for almost 10 years at that point. Mm. And he called me that night weeping on the phone. <laughs> and I thought mm-hmm. it was one of his buddies got the wrong phone. And I was like, mm. Sean? He goes, mm. yeah. And he got saved that day. Oh. And he realized Jesus was real after he'd cussed out the whole staff
0: (laughs) (laughs) happens quite often yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and i'm like you're good okay sit down next (laughs) you know um and it just it's transformed our marriage in different ways because it it, now don't get it twisted that we were fixed right away it didn't Mm, happen that way like he was a baby christian and i had a background and a foundation but it was more religion so i had to learn it god's way not people's way wow yeah. So he was learning to have a relationship with God. I was learning a new version of relationship with God. And then we had to learn that we were new people. I couldn't hold him accountable for the things of his past because he'd already asked for forgiveness and I'd given it and vice it versa. Mm. Yeah. So I had to remember I'm getting used to the new man. Mm. I'm I'm getting to the new Sean. Mm. I, I don't know how to do this well. I'm going to mess up. I'm sorry. Mm. So we had people around us to, he had counsel, he had healthy men around him who called him up as a man and Mm. said, you're acting like a little boy, stop it. Like this is not what God's Mm -hmm. called you to. Um, we walked through transparency of our past, uh, all the affairs that had happened that I had no clue about. Thank God I was already healthy and restored with God because it happened a year after fully alive. I wouldn't have been able to handle it the years before. And God knew that, but it had been all of those. And so we got to walk that out together and he restored our marriage and not just that, but our son as well, because, We have a better relationship with him and each other than we ever have. And he remembers some of those things. Yeah, he was in elementary, but he still remembers. So he
0: knows the difference of old mom and dad and new mom and dad. We hear that a lot.
1: Yeah. New mom and dad uh, come back and apologize. New mom and dad say we're sorry and mean it. Uh, New mom and dad don't be sarcastic and uh, flippant with our words. Uh, New mom and dad snuggle with us and give hugs and... Ask if we want to be hugged instead of forcing it. You know, mm-hmm. like all the things. Uh, if you don't want to go, that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're not going to force you. You know, so well,
0: it, it makes a way.
1: Been, yeah, just God's His pursuit of us never stopped, even as hard as we ran. That's so good. I
0: love this, and I want to. There's so much, like even working with Sarah, that I'm learning and realizing about our work relationship mm-hmm. now. Just hearing the full pieces put together that I'm just like, Oh wow. Okay. This makes sense. But she said something there that she did not. I want to go back to, she was raped and just tucked it away psychologically. And then you and your husband came to fully connected, which Chad and Megan lead. Um, so they're back in your life again. we're working together. You go on the vent. And all I remember is you, uh, a couple taking you and Sean and just having some quality time yeah. and I heard weeping and wailing
2: yeah.
1: and I
0: was thinking, I wonder what that is, but it doesn't matter. I'm praying. Yeah. Is that when the Lord revealed what that it happened?
1: When, yeah. Yeah. That was when it was, uh, and it was a sweet moment because he, he, he aesthetically brought me back to the room and showed me, uh, what the man was doing where I was, but also where God was in the midst Come of it, on. that he was right there and that Sweet he was, Jesus. you know, whispering beautiful things over me and holding my hand and just promising that things would be better. I just couldn't see it right then. And uh, my husband was sitting there right next to me as I'm telling this. And he was so supportive and healthy mm. and just, it didn't faze him. Cause I asked him later, I'm like, do I need to apologize to you for anything? And he looked at me, are you crazy? No, oh, you're good. You he goes, dumb. I don't want you to feel that way. He goes, I love you. That is something that happened to you. And I'm so sorry. That's right. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's how that should be the answer. Thank you.
0: Sweet. man. it's incredible. As we go through this, I want you to know you're out there. We've had so many stories. We're going to say it over and over and over on the unbridled lot, because I think it's important that freedom is a journey. It's not a destination. So Great. maybe you're driving down the road, listening to this, you're sitting in the room and maybe there's some things that this brought up to you that you would went, oh my God, I just had a memory of something that happened to me, male or female. Sometimes we pin this on the females. You know, Leslie grew up different than me, but she had her own yeah. recipe of trauma that attacked her and went after her identity. But I just want to encourage anyone out there listening to this today, that was a, that was a rough beginning uh, I'm not talking about economics. I'm talking about, and she did. She grew up in mobile homes. She grew up RVs. Not, yeah. RVs. Uh, not much money. Listen, you can not have not a lot of money and still provide love. Yeah. But I've watched God do th- go through this process with Sarah over the last couple of years. Sarah, do you believe in counseling?
1: hundred percent. I'm currently in EDMR trauma counseling to continue to walk with God on those next levels of freedom because it's not, like you said, it's not a destination. It is layers and it is a path that you continue on, but you have to pursue it. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You're going
0: to, I heard this in our book, David and I, and I think David wrote this, Hey, God gives us a forgiveness. We got to partner with him and fight for our freedom Yes. So we've got to fight through that. Leslie and I are huge proponents on counseling. We still go and sit with people. We run into roadblocks, run into this. Maybe you don't have Sarah's past. The message of this is that there's hope no matter where you've been. The enemy will tell you that there's no way that God would value you, and he does. He's giving Sarah a voice. You should see her ministering to people. She's the first person frontline that when people call, she, she she's... You are hearing the soft side of Sarah. <laughs> I need a
1: little sassy y'all. She, she can get sassy
0: and strong. She's beautiful. Mm. She's kind. She's smart. And she's gentle. And I just want to encourage you. And Leslie, what do you want to say about this? Because I know Sarah and I have more of a common past mm. than you. What do you think about what would you say to people?
2: I would just say there is hope and to trust going to a good Christian counselor. I've seen the change in Sarah. I have seen, you know, where there were times where she would shut down Mm -hmm. and and now she has the strength and the fortitude to move on. And um, I've just been so blessed to be able to watch her in this journey. And so I would encourage you, you know, seek help and find your people find people that can encourage you and walk alongside you in this journey with the Lord.
0: And if you can't find that community, we have a community it's called fully alive and it's not a community that, um, about being best friends. It's about surrounding yourself with Jesus. It's the atmosphere. It's all about finding your identity, your authority and changing the atmosphere where you are. And they are a group of people on all kinds of different states that join together and we have community. We're tied by, we believe in freedom and we believe in the grace of God that can change anyone. So Sarah, any final parting words from you?
1: Oh man, I would just say that if you are struggling in any way, you're not alone. Don't hide it. Mm-hmm. Don't think you just have to bury it and suck it up and get through it. We weren't created to do that. We weren't created to do this on our own. We were created to do it first and foremost with God that he will carry those burdens because I know you're feeling real heavy Mm. and you don't have to. Mm -hmm. If you will just surrender, and that doesn't mean you quit. It just means you quit fighting him. Come on. So just pursue him in a way that he says not what man has showed you because religion and relationship are completely different. And if you will just lean into that, the other things will come to fruition and they will get better. I promise you because his word promises it.
0: Come on. Great words. Well Thanks said. Thanks for being with us today, Sarah.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Unbridled Live podcast. We know your time is valuable and we hope we bring real and relevant content that helps you live that unbridled life. If you want to help us spread the message, you can rate or review the podcast on whatever platform you like to listen to us and share it with a friend or two. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're doing, head on over to theunbridledliepodcast.com and learn more.